Hi, thanks for tuning in to Women's Voices. My name is Genevieve Gluck, and in this episode I speak with Roxy, a former dominatrix turned radical feminist. Roxy tells her story of how she was groomed into the sex industry and the connections between pornography and transgenderism. We also discuss BDSM as a form of abuse and the apparent increased prevalence of fetishes. Please be advised that this episode contains explicit language and some discussion of violence in pornography. So um, my name is Roxy. I am on the internet at the moment, um, on, on Twitter mainly, on my old sex work account, which is Dworkin's Truth. Um, and yeah, I've been kind of radicalized um, in the last, it's only been a couple of months now, uh, really. Well, just arrived back in reality. Yeah, I'm, I'm 32. Um, so I grew up... Um, as a generation of pre-internet and uh, grew up into the internet kind of culture. Um, and one could call me gender non-conforming or whatever. I've never really been um, taught or believed in sex stereotypes. Um, I'm, I'm a CSA survivor, as many of us are. Um, and I also have kind of lived the life of many with this past, I guess. Um, so what I do now is, um, yeah, consciousness raising, um, in regards to the topics that connect a lot of women, children, girls from very early and kind of, yeah the levels that we are have arrived now at kind of and the always unspoken topics basically is what I focus on now yeah so um you had mentioned or you know on your twitter account it says that you're ex-domina so ex-dominatrix right so how did that happen how did you get involved in that um scene yeah so I started like a lot of girls do as well. Um, I actually come from, um, hmm, I never really fitted in. I couldn't hold many jobs my whole whole life, really, like a lot of other people who are girls, women who are challenged uh, with with these mental health issues that come from um, trauma, early trauma, um, sexualization. And also I've always been in, never really had, healthy sexuality I guess <laughs> I really understood it and yet also I come from like radical feminist like background so like what happened is kind of like that I've been a <clears throat> anti-system for my whole life like from very early I realized what's happening really didn't really fit in uh, because it's really hard to fit in, in into into this patriarchal world where everything is just doesn't make any sense. When I when I lived in Brighton, so so I'm actually German and I've been traveling and living around the place. When I came to Brighton, and I've had another couple of years where I didn't 
hold a job for longer than a year, you know. Um, I met a young woman who was just start of her 20s when I was 27. I really thought I had understood life. And I, I mean, I, I do. I did back then. But what she told me about this industry, so she was a glamour model, a really, like, stunning, you know, just typical, like, very, you know, the features that we're we're looking at in, in glamour models, you know. And, but yeah, I was in this in this kind of Brighton, which is, if you don't know, it's it's like the queer capital of of the UK. You know, uh, there's a lot of just a lot of poly and kink and all sorts of uh, events there and stuff. Uh, so I got into um, from the nudist beach, which is actually what I what I went to. Like I, I'm I'm like a nudist. I'm 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 from Germany, so like kind of like. This culture isn't really, it's not a sexual thing. It's more like, a, you know, you, you like to go to the nude speech. From there, I met some open-minded people who kind of like introduced me to this, to this industry or to this poly kink world. And that's where I met this this girl who was actually being groomed into this or like who was actually friend with, with this older man. Like he's he's um, he's always been like a, f- a photographer, actually really good photographer, but... Um, yeah, made his money with uh, with this whole poly and kink, and then cross over to UK porn um, work. And I met him, and I met this this uh, young girl, and she then told me basically like this thing that you hear a lot, which is you know it's so empowering because a it's the only job on this planet where the woman gets like so much money, you know, like, and if there's any male counterparts, they will always receive less money, you know? So that's one, one seller. So, uh, and this was about pornography and, and, uh, and, and modeling. So she's a model, she's done glamour modeling, but then also pornography. And yeah. And so I kind of got groomed by her. Um, and when I say groomed, I mean, uh, Grooming can be from other girls who will not tell you the negative sides. They will talk about this industry as if it's something really good, as if there's nothing bad happening. Um, they will down talk any kind of, you know, cognitive dissonant kind of topics. You know, it's always, yeah, it's it's like what you are in control. You you decide your levels. You decide what you want to do, and there's no way that this will ever be crossed. Uh, you are this powerful female who who gets to have men pay for whatever you know. If it's if it's modeling, it starts from fifty pounds. I was in the UK per hour, and that's like a lot of money. So you calculate in your head, you're like, oh, you know, if I do like four hours of solo modeling, you know, open leg, blah blah blah. You know, I might not have to work all the time. You know. So in your experience, then, was it like a slow process of going from the modeling to the, oh, yeah. yeah. And so I started, I started with, um, I actually started with webcamming, but with, with, with a, a, another female friend who was like actually an, another girlfriend of this photographer, Polly dude who had like all these girls, like in the end, like I'm looking back and I'm like, whoa, this dude's like over 40 and like whatever. 
<laughs> has like all these like really young girls, you know, it's like, it's like the, yeah, questionable, very questionable, but yeah, uh, a very good, like kind of like, I'm really open-minded and friendly and you can, you can explore this kind of stuff. I will make you look good. I'll help you with your portfolio pictures, that kind of stuff. So started off with webcamming with, with, with another girl. Um, very, yeah, like very, I have to say, like, as I said, um, I never had a healthy sexuality. So like this whole camera on and you have to perform that's when I realized, well, I didn't realize back then, but like, you know, everything you do is like, is naturally fake because, because you only do it because there's a camera. Like it's just there, nothing really is what you'd actually do or what you'd like, but you, you assume the male gaze, you, you kind of, you have seen so much pornography anyway. So it's all kind of like, it goes quite natural actually for 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 someone who's being filmed to to ha- and being under this pressure to act to actually act so yeah um these were my first experiences and again uh i never performed femininity before i've always been like a very alternative person so i've cut my own hair i i didn't do makeup at all like i do i did freaky weird eye makeup and i've always been like the con- kind of i'm i'm weird i'm alien like i'm i don't really fit in so i before i started this whole thing i was not focused on on looking good like in you know on enhancing this kind of stuff and this femininity stuff uh and so that was another thing that kind of like you know then you get told you you're looking good you know this kind of stuff and it kind of like on one part, on one side, I do appreciate what I've kind of learned is that I kind of learned to appreciate my femininity through this work only because I had to kind of like learn it. And I learned to, you know, do this whole like desu kind of looking good. It was never a thing ever. It just no, wasn't a thing. I, I've always had like long-term boyfriends and uh, like very codependent relationship before that, but I've never had to perform being sexy or something I've always been uh, a sexual fauner I've now realized is that I never really I never really claimed what was mine you know I just did what what had to be done or what I expected the men to like it's just what you learn kind of thing yeah but anyway so um, yeah the webcamming and the modeling um, were first and it kind of like builds up your confidence because men are like, oh, you know, you look really good. And you, my thing was then what I've done, what I've kind of held on to for years was that men told me that I was, that they liked my natural or like my authenticity because I wasn't like the other girls. Um, so I, I, these were just like these men that liked alternative girls. So, you know, there's just these, you know, I was just in this fetish genre of alt girl, blah 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 anyway so that was kind of like what I realized now back then never really been a fan or doing with with compliments at all wasn't really on my list like at all um yeah so so then that was 2017 that's when I started I was 27 end of 2017 and then uh as it goes is that it starts with modeling and then naturally when you're on social media these groomer guys come 
So now, now only in hindsight, you understand that these are rumors, but these people who uh, look out for the new girls, like, you know, the new girls and new girls, because for so many reasons, <laughs> I mean, someone who stumbles into this industry is naturally a victim, like is naturally someone who's vulnerable. So naturally, like this whole social media is like a kind of open book for, for narcissists and abusers to just look through and like, oh, there's a new one coming, you know. And it doesn't matter how old or young or whatever, but there is going to be tons of people in your DMs uh, commenting under anything uh, and offering you money, like for whatever. Um, and you have to kind of dissect, you have to be kind of, here's the crux, and this is that there is no book of rules. There's nothing that you can rely on. You can't even ask any of your colleagues or female colleagues um what are the prices? What are what am I asking for? Like, wh- how does this work? There is no, uh, there is nothing, and and these rumors know that they know, for example, that a young girl, like a new girl, doesn't know the rates, the the rates that are normal, that are like standardized, or that you have to ask at least for when you're when you're doing uh, some certain any kind of sex act. Acts, you know, there is like a there's unspoken like numbers somewhere once you meet some people and you can ask them honestly they'll probably tell you the lower rate other girls will tell you tell you to ask for 300 instead of 400 don't ask too much because that's when they might might not say yes or whatever you know so it's like a very there's no rules there's just no rules and this happened to me you know there's lots of uh, performers male performers producers who have high profiles you know they have like you know 10,000 whatever over whatever you know high follower and, and they contact you there on your step like literally the second you're there and there are so many women who um end up agreeing to lots of weird cd men um and the amount of abusers that is in this industry um so this is twitter this is like sort of crossover with like modeling then you have like these you know, I also did like, you know, art nude, you know, it's not like all porn, but like, you know, there's like modeling sites that allow these um, 18 plus thing. But then there's this crossover then to open leg and then and then like soft boy girl, which is then there's already a hard penis in the picture. It's like all really crossover. There's there's no and obviously the more money you get, like if you get offered. hmm. <laughs> whatever um you, you agree but anyway so my my journey was then that, that i like like forgot all of my boundaries or whatever um i wanted to do this full time because i was like well this is a way to you know not have to work you know if i do a couple of these things you know shoots with men then uh you know i have my my rent done you know and if it's 300 350 this is what my friend was telling me she was probably already asking for more and she could have probably told me uh, to ask for more, but no one ever does that. So I've done professional porn scenes um, in 2018, mostly, I think. I don't recall them. I don't, I'm not able to watch them. I agreed to, I guess, uh, 2000, uh, in 2018 to maybe like 10 scenes. Uh, 10 filmed rapes um where i <laughs> I, I i 
some of them I said yes because I really urgently needed money and someone asked me and I was like, oh, okay, I'll do it. Um, yeah, so I've, I've, I've done really big scenes which uh, gained a lot of reach and uh, also all of these scenes were kind of like with men, but this is how it is. It's like I had a, had an age limit because of my CSA experience. I, I, I like on my profile, whenever I'd have contact with a producer, I'd always say I can't film with anyone over forty. That's just how it works. Uh, but they'll they'll not tell you. <laughs> they'll give you a, a different age or something, and you arrive at the thing. You arrive at the at the shooting uh, place, and uh, yeah, there, there's just some old dude. <laughs> I mean, his face is usually not in the picture anyway. Like, you know, that's how why you don't know how old this dude is anyway. And so, yeah, I... And, and this is how it works on set, is that professional, because you've, you know, you're this model, you have this persona thing. Uh, I think women have it way easier as well to get into socialized, like, hi, I had, like, when I think back of how I behaved, like, you know, rolling there with my... Uh, with my stupid suitcase full of high heels and not lingerie, I um like I was totally someone else. That's totally not me. Like <laughs> it's not not me at all, you know. And and this is like a self, you know, pr preservation kind of thing. And and then you know because you, it's now this work thing, and everyone tells you that it is as well. Like you know, there's no doubt about it. So you um yeah, slip into this role. And then the camera rolls and you just have to, you just do it. And there's this whole thing about, um, you know, <laughs> um, being able to say yes or, or, you know, having a safe word or something. Um, it, it, because it, it's not there. Like, you, you know that you're being filmed. You know that part, your job is to perform. And you, you whatever happens, usually you'll do, like, there's lots of different ways. But, like, you know, first of all, it's like, most people are really good associators. Um, so, and part of that is just like, you know, getting through it by your, oh, this is probably, this is, I'm going to get through this. Like it's, it's probably going to be very short. This, um, this discomfort is going to be over or whatever. Like, you know, just anything and anything because you get paid at the end of the shoot. Like, you, like there is, you, you, you're afraid that they might say, well, listen, girl, you know, just go home. Like you're not. This is not. If this is. If you're. If you're. If you're saying no now, like this is only the beginning. Like you know, um, we we can't work with you. You so so so. There's so many different variations of what a girl could think. But once the camera rolls, you don't say no. You don't say stop. You don't. You just don't. Like no one does. And I've been through a lot of situations where I was like, fuck, this is this, this is horrible, <laughs> and um, I couldn't. I couldn't just. I couldn't say anything. I just couldn't say anything. Yeah, so this was 2018. And you said that recently in the last few months is when you were able to exit. Is that right? Yeah, so I exited in, I guess it, it was in, in June. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's even long now, actually, like considering. Um, yeah, so it was November 2017 is when I started and, you know, and I've I stopped uh, just 
I think it's just over four, uh, just four years. Yeah. What was that like? Um, first of all, the the reason you made that decision, and then kind of the process of trying to, you know, um, cut ties with that community or or whatever the case may have been. So, um, yeah. So basically. Uh, now I've always been, I've only done the whole uh, pro porn thing, but the, 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 so my, my, the next two years were just already filled with this whole like, whoa, this is horrible. So what I experienced in pro porn and what I experienced in this community, um, and meeting other, like just talking to other girls, you know, and, and seeing what, what is happening. Like most of them have, uh, drugs and also the same uh, history as me, CSA. Um, and other neglect uh, in 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 their upbringing, um, and then I got simultaneously into full time just domination on webcam and on um, and in real real time, uh, which was mainly focused on like the demasculization fetishes around so chastity, so called small penis humiliation and and beta male humiliation and um and uh my favorite one will was always ball busting which is just kicking guys dicks um that, that was kind of like what i turned to then it, it was still yeah it, yeah so that was my kind of like through the whole four years i kind of like tried this realized fucking misogynistic fucking horrible creepy 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 and then the next thing i tried to find my ways um then simultaneously i got into an abusive relationship which i didn't know back then he was a very sweet lover boy type um and a black guy and he got into the industry with me as well and so we did a lot of interracial fetish which is kind of like once I did, once I introduced him as my partner that I was shooting porn with, I had this new, really intense kind of push of these sissies and beta boys, kind of like, and and so um, I, I learned about this kind of stuff, and this guy kind of like kept me in in this industry, even though he it was horrible, horrible abusive relationship, horrible. But I was doing this work thing, and I was working every day like literally I had no holiday from 2017 like I literally just worked my ass off every day because when you're self-employed you're just <laughs> I'm a very anxious person I'm generally just nervous and I have ADHD and CPTSD and lots of other things and I just got up every morning like <gasps> I need to make money like I need to get up like get up get makeup on do things just do it and um, I did this all I did it for four years and then through the COVID thing I mean, in hindsight, I'm like, I kind of saved my ass that I had this kind of thing, but I could have probably also found some other things. And then after COVID, literally even more working my ass off because there was so much many, so many more women um, getting into the industry and like over, like just, it was really hard to to make money, <laughs> like really hard. You had to really find ways um, to get your shit out. And then I finally, I, I, I compare it to like a, an abusive the whole thing was an abusive narcissistic pile of shite 
like the whole when I realized finally how I needed to leave this guy who was like stalking me and like trying to drag me back into this horrible abuse. Um, I saw the co correlations to, to all of this. I, t I saw the correlations between, you know, narcissistic abuse in my, in my relationship to the porn and industry and this whole industry that sells you a dream and then rips you apart. And then, and then this, and the correlations between BDSM practices and narcissistic abuse as well. This whole idealization, devaluation, like, uh, and that's when kind of like, the whole cognitive dissonance that I had like the whole time. And I kind of like just tried to make it work somehow and just, it just fell apart and it fell apart. Finally, when um, this sissy slave guy, finally, like that's when I was like just imploded uh, was when this, this city, sissy guy uh, came out as trans to me and said, I helped him. Like it was me. I helped him find his authentic self and I asked him like what <laughs> what I, I know I know his history he came from like a Munchausen by proxy, proxy mother has a lot of mental uh, health issues because he's really been you know treated really badly and he ended up with end 20s now um as a they them and then like as not a real man this is why he was in my slave fetish crew and i've never done full-on sissy focused stuff i've always just tingled around the better male thing because i really found the sissy thing really offensive like really disgusting as, as a as a concept and he came out and i was like dude get yourself a mental health help like you have not been in counseling i know what you've been through but you've never been in therapy and his response was there's no trans inclusive therapists in my area and i'm like I've I've had I I've had so many years of therapies and I'm still not healed from from what happened when I was 3 to 5 years old approximately this guy is trying to tell me that he doesn't need any counseling anything and his shit is just valid and it's just that's true like it just blew my mind and that's when I actually realized what's happening with this whole trans thing because obviously I've heard this in you know, in the sex work world, this whole trans women, women thing, but it, it's also very clear in the sex work world, you know, there's boy girl porn, there's lesbian porn, there's male, it's all for male, for the male gaze anyway. And the whole trans is a third genre, like it's a third sex, like it gets treated as a third sex. It's not a, it's never a crossover. Trans don't uh, do gay porn. They do their own shit. They do their own shit. There's, the gay porn, there's the trans porn, there's the heterosexual porn, that's it. And for me, it was always very weird that this is even, like, I mean, it didn't really occur to me that we'd already gone from, like, to denying biology, biology now, after it being in this industry for the past four years, where it's very clear what's what. It's just very clear. Yeah, so that's when I realized... I want to go back to something you said that was really uh, interesting. I wonder if you can explain more about this. So the connection between like a narcissistic abusive relationship and then that with BDSM, that connection seems so obvious, right? It's not one that I had put together myself immediately, 
But um, for people who don't know, so like a narcissist kind of behavior will, they'll like love bomb you and then they'll just undermine you constantly. Um, so it's very uh, high and low and the identity or their own self-worth is constructed. So the narcissist identity is constructed and they need to preserve that fake alter ego or whatever. So, sure. yeah, yeah. So if, can you, can you put that together with the BDSM relationship? I'm really interested in that and your comments on that. Yeah. So I mean, you can basically see, so I can, there's different ways of looking at it. So from the practice way is obviously that you can kind of already put them there. You can see that the dominant part person is, is the narcissistic abuser and the abuser and the, the submissive role will be the codependent role will be the you know the pleaser the the yeah the the codependent so this is like a symbiotic very toxic symbiotic relationship and it depends on each other they 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 all depend on each other the the dominant will be someone who's actually feeling really bad inside actually that's just a coping mechanism you know they have to have this this role that they put on uh to to yeah to pretend that everything is fine that's why they are narcissists they have regressive uh development uh they don't really they can't really do the empathy and the understanding and yeah so so that's the first thing it's the narcissist and the codependent and then we have all these different practices who who are again mirroring this um so we have for example i forgot the name for well, there, there is the, there's the setup of the session or of the, you know, the BDSM session, and this will, will be uh, the pre-talk, I guess, or the pre-care where you kind of like address what, what the, what's gonna happen in the in the session and what the kind of like limits and boundaries are, whatever, right? And then you have the session itself, the abuse in many cases, in all of the cases usually you know which, which is from physical abuse to verbal abuse uh humiliation degradation blah 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 which is like the devaluation within the uh, within the narcissistic abuse within this abuse as well we have something called subspace subspace is something that is something that is that that the submissive apparently wants <laughs> what it actually is is absolute dissociation so the only way to get through this abuse is through dissociation, which is called in BDSM subspace. It's, it's submissive space, submissive headspace. It's dissociation. That's it. That's all it is. Coping mechanism. And and then after the session, we will have something called aftercare, which is the, you know, uh, dominance or BDSM describes this as, you know, the the winding down after the, the abuse you know so that the that they're they, they'll have a face-to-face -face thing again and it's clear that it was only play it wasn't real blah 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 are you okay blah 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 and then you go your merry ways so that's that's how it works um yeah that these are just three really good or two really good examples of what 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 it is what it mirrors what what it what it actually entails and that um, agreeing to abuse still doesn't you know it, it's still abuse like it's still abuse i mean a lot of 
women in this industry who then choose to be dominatrixes, I think they mostly come from, they might have done, they either have this, what a lot of, of the industry girls would call like, you know, horror phobia, you know, you, 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 you know, dominatrices are at the top of the of the pyramid kind of thing because they don't get undressed, they don't have sex with their clients. You know, they're like um, too good for this for this stuff. Um, but a lot of obviously girls come come in and, and they they choose this job because they they either have a resentment towards men already. You know, maybe through previous relationships, it's it's, it's like a it's like a welcome invitation to to you know be violent or abusive towards men um and on another no on another side it's usually that they aren't even domin- dominant themselves anyway so it's really hard to do this work and and what comes with this whole work especially when you're a professional whatever in any case is is all this yeah just constant like it's just objective objectification first of all like if you are getting talked to it's just as this person who has to perform this woman who has to perform i can't be like you can't be too friendly you can't be too rough like can't be too whatever it's just really uh and then you are kind of like inundated with lots of messages about really weird and crazy fantasies fetishes and ideas i think more than probably normal performers but then again i'm not really sure i guess men are just generally into breaking boundaries and just telling you shit that you don't want to hear um and yeah lots of bestiality ideas like lots of incest lots of pity pedophilia lots of really fucking weird shit that you have to just read listen to yeah there's so much to um unpack with it <laughs> like I, it's sometimes hard to know where to begin because you know I see yeah. online sometimes I'll see these dominatrix accounts where they're basically trying to argue that um what they're doing is a feminist act because they're using female power and then you all see these you know yeah. beta male accounts you know wanting yeah. this fantasy of female superiority um but the but it's it strikes me that the the women are not actually quite in control of this because this still is the male fantasy, right? So even if the male is, if the man's fantasizing about being beta, for example, or cuckolding or any one of those kinds of like less powerful, quote unquote, less powerful situations, they're still exercising their power. They're demanding that particular type of thing, right? So what what would your comments on that be? Yeah, it's not feminist at all because you are being objectified as um, whatever fetish that you uh, address with your with this client because there is a range. So they fetishize literally everything from hair to face shape to nose, lips, teeth, mouth, eyes, eye color, your tit size, whatever body shape, what your job is, what what, what you uh, uh, what, what your body shape looks like it doesn't fucking matter if it's your feet if it's your clothing it doesn't fucking matter so you are never being uh you're never being a superior woman for being a woman alone you're you're being a a fetishized because they pick different triggers that you have that triggers their dick and 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 that's it there there is nothing else so what i for example have done what i felt what i thought was feminist you know so i 
was a wrestler. So I was, I'm very muscular. I've always been, I have weighed a little bit less, um, had a bit less like body fat. So my, my muscles are very, you know, just visible. So I done what's called muscle domination, a lot of, you know, muscle uh, comparison and just telling like weak men how, how I'm even stronger or whatever, but they, they wouldn't have come to me if, if they wouldn't get a hard on about some kind of fantasy fetish that they'd, that comes from somewhere in their usually like teen or school years where something sometimes somehow triggered them to, to find stronger women um, attractive and, and so attractive that they get hired from it. That's it. That's it. That's it. They didn't actually think that I'm, I was superior and amazing because I was strong. <laughs> right. Like I said, when I see those accounts that are saying that they're doing a feminist act, it just, it's really kind of, it's 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 upsetting it's it's unfortunate yeah um to to go back yeah. to the sissification thing so as you know we've been following each other that's something that i've really been noticing a lot more these days and i kind of want to talk about that in a little more detail especially in terms of you know like gender identity um and you had mentioned that man yeah. before who who then decided that he was transgender after that I want to get some more of your, you know, thoughts on, about that in general, you know, not just this particular person, but what you think it is that that establishes that connection because well, first of all, I should say I'm going on the kind of like assumption that there is a connection. Maybe people aren't aware of this yet, but that it's been my experience as well, sounds like yours as well that there's a big connection between this whole fetishizing of like emasculation, humiliation, and then, you know, the overlap with the man who then starts identifying as a woman, right? So I want to ask, you know, in your opinion, what do you think is the, the, the thread through there? Well, it's, it's clearly, it's clearly porn. It's clearly pornography. Clearly, clearly it is. So I, I, I'm still, I'm trying to actually, uh, it's on my list of research when, when this exactly like kind of happened, like how long, because we know, like I've seen this feminization uh, depicted on like some, you know, old, you know, pornographies, you know, from, from when we didn't have video yet. Weird, isn't it? So what I just want to throw into the room is like weird that uh, this whole transing has just correlated from from the first push of women's movements in general. I'm just throwing it out. It's, it keeps popping in my head. It's like, why? When women just started to, you know, say like, look, we are actually people. That's when these first um, weird men appeared and did weird stuff. Anyway, kind of makes sense. Um, yes, but anyway, so... Um, there, there are so many different angles to look at it. You have already covered, I think, a lot of the, the, the I think the hentai kind of side of it, right? Um, I did a thread about it, but you know, I, I've I've been yeah. meaning to write in more detail about that as well because the the hentai is so pervasive. I mean, we see a lot of those anime avatars, and then the fact that um, 
with animation, you can do anything, right? You can do anything and it's, and it's legal as well. So, you know, all kinds of fetish shit can be done, but yeah, yeah, go ahead. So, so, okay. So basically, so what my, how I would lead it in would be that the, the, the increase of depravity, um, in porn has only really happened in the last 20 years. And this is since um, we have uh, really the, the extreme increase in depravity happened over the last 20 years, since 2007, 2006, um, U-porn happened. And then the mobile phone with, with the iPhone for sure in 2007, um, then followed um, you uh, porn hub in 2007 as well so since then these porn productions have kind of you know had to ramp like had to basically like go down from really high production value to like really low production value and like the amount of crazy crazy fetishes that then kind of like pivoted in in what we have now normalization of incest to toy porn um like like barely 18 anal abuse like you know all these really horrible things are only the result of that i guess like really like there is no other you can't deny it and then obviously with that i have to actually get the, the numbers for i think facebook was also the same time it was 2008 and we have uh, instagram at the same time as well i think and this whole thing it's all one thing we have uh, influencers you know that um that on instagram you know start prom- like promoting the beauty uh and, you know uh, surgical um absolute like manipulation and we have like all these crazy toxic body images extreme man i mean we've we, there was like the metrosexual like the man who like did a little bit more or something out of the 2000s and nothing really happened from that that was like oh men men do something as well sometimes and that's okay but nothing really happened from that and we have this kind of what now is also kind of like then resulted in the incel movement this hardcore categorization you know of like the chads and the fucking stacys and all this this weird thing about sex stereotypes and how you have to perform and so 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 one reason, so said, okay, well, I'll just count the different really prevalent reasons why men choose to go down this route. It's like the body shame, the general shame, social awkwardness and anxiety, um, uh, not just about facial or physical looks, but then we have the added penis uh, envy or like, you know, the, 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 the huge uh, penis that's depicted, which is partly due to the producers only uh casting men who have like a certain size but then also um we have these you know really insecure ugly men like they literally call themselves ugly and again this is the kind of like you know i've i've already kind of addressed it a little bit but there is this what i even used in my dominatrix talk was this whole like well, if you are, you can either become an incel or you become a beta male and you either 
hate women, women, or you realize your place as an ugly, unfuckable man that whose only purpose is to be a servant. Like that was how I sold it, right? Because just, that's how just it is. Really quick, I just want to. Uh, sorry to interrupt you here, but um, I don't. I don't know if everyone realizes that these are their own words. This is not you calling oh, yes. them that. This is what they say about themselves, right? So, yeah. Yes. Exactly. They categorize it in. So, in insult talk, it will be the chat and and the Stacys, which will be the the alpha male and the the superior female in in BDSM slash beta male or like yeah fe- femdom talk fetish talk um, in in relation to to demasculized lineized males exactly yeah so um, and in incel is is the is the is the kind of opposite of a of a beta so in involuntary celibate is like well you know he doesn't want to be but he he has to be celibate and the beta male chooses to be celibate because he knows he's just not worth it and no woman would ever want to sleep with him this is what they like to hear this is what i enjoyed saying to be honest to as a job like telling men they're ugly and unfuckable was what i thought for a long time really kind of cool yeah but let's talk about that for a second. The um, so the overlap there between the incel and the let's just say sissy. Okay, so the the sissy guy, the guy yeah. who who says things, you know, that like I'm a beta male um, and is it to being humiliated, right? Um, so I think a lot of people who who haven't you know looked deeply into this or or maybe aren't aware of this they can sense that overlap between this well the transgender movement in general but then they don't really know what the connection is there so let's kind of talk about the the sissy thing Mm -hmm. right so as i understand it these are men who are masochistic right so kind of maybe a little bit self-loathing or masochistic and then are are really into you know, feeding into that humiliation. Um, I'm going to, fuck it. I'm just going to say it. I've seen the kinds of sissy captions and porn stuff where they'll say, you know, if you were born with a small dick, it means you're really meant to be a woman, stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah. Can you, can you explain a little bit more there? Yes. uh, Apparently I've even done it. So I've helped someone uh, understand that they are female by telling them that they should take their dick, take a chastity cage, put it in, and don't ever release it because I I don't want them to talk about it. I don't want them to be in in their in, in their even in their constant thoughts. This this stupid dick. But anyway, so so the overlap will be. The small penis humiliation, it will be the chastity. So a lot of women will, and I've seen it, <laughs> see it. There is the, the, the beta male, and then there's the, the cuckold, for example, fetish, which is also something that kind of like goes, wedges in there, which is also like, you are not a real man. You, the only sex that you see is the sex that you can't have. Um, you know, it's the voyeuristic uh yeah it's the voyeur that watches his superior female or the female that he is 
wanting or whatever being uh, you know copulating with an with a with an alpha male again and uh and then you have the the fantasy of because of that fact you know of only only being a voyeur or whatever then being put in chastity and then being demasculated even more then there is the thing which i don't really know if it's true or something but anyway there is dominatrixes who force their slaves to wear smaller and smaller chastity devices and i've even been i've been contacted by slaves who i mean i i said it just as a as a selling thing i just put it in and don't talk about it like put it away in your chastity cage and stop talking about your dick like it's what the fuck why is this that that was my that's what i was saying daily to my to these slaves who followed me or whatever but all they came back with were mistress uh, uh on another note my penis sh- shrank another uh two centimeters isn't that amazing um, and it turns more and more into a clitty so they tar- they tell they talk about their their small penis yeah um in like these weird feminized terms um so c- c- clit dick for example is a very common thing to read i've always been yeah i've i've never really played into that but i've i've heard it i've seen it so the yeah the smaller the dick the more closer you are to being a female anyway and that's it but there's also people there's also men out there who have a have a considerable considerably large or whatever or average size penis and they still get into this shit which is insane like it's just insane but yeah so beta male then you get told you're a beta male you get locked into a chastity cage get consistently told that you are not a real man you can't be a real man and then the next step will be and some might clock out there some men are might be now that's too crazy for me i'm not that some men go down the sissy route which usually if it's just a fetish it's just entailing you know being made a sexual female you know woman the object to to fuck with which which is what uh i think andrea long said correctly this is exactly what you're being made to do uh, and 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 then these stupid role plays about uh sissy's cleaning and stuff but we all know men can't clean like so they don't like i mean i tried it so many times i actually i said oh there's a man pl- paying me money to dress up stupid and clean <laughs> guess what i've always i've never had a clean house so i only tried it once at least i got money for it but it was just very silly very silly thought very silly idea because that's not, not what it is about they like not to clean and that to be then told that you're a stupid bimbo whatever whore for not being able to do it you can't even do that whatever it's just all fucked up I couldn't really indulge in this. This is too much. Um, but yeah, usually it just once you uh, are not only into having your dick humiliated and stuff, but you also like to perform sexual acts. That's when you turn into a sissy, and then that's when I mean, there's forced. What's it called? Forced feminization. 
no, for, there's forced feminization and then there's forced buy, which is, I mean, this is like a, so this is when they're still, when they're still officially a man, um, which is what I, like, I had a lot of guys who were into that as well. So that's, that could be like a crossover as well. So the <laughs> forced by, so forced bisexuality, you have to just get this into your head men are into forced bisexuality which means they're usually already bisexual but they can't really deal with it like you know and their only way of like um you know doing it is by being forced by their mistress so there's a lot of mistresses who do this kind of thing and then then feed in this whole ah you're so good at performing as a slut you are of of course now you you're, you're getting feminized and I've seen it uh, so far, like I've seen it on my timeline, like actual sissy guys who who send selfies from their from their hospital when they've literally just gone and paid for their own forced feminization surgeries, right? Like I've seen this, uh, <laughs> uh, or they were ordered by their mistress to do that. Um, by paying her a lot of money as well as paying for themselves as a degrading act as part of this BDSM role play. Like, you know, within the whole transgender, gender identity uh, debate, at least the public debate that's going on, I find, you know, people will say things like, well, why would someone do this if they weren't truly suffering? You know, they must truly have some kind of dysphoria or feel very bad. So it plays on people's sympathies in the public, but these, these people who are kind and sympathetic, who want to be helpful to other people, I feel are very, very naive in that they're not realizing the extent to which um, some men can get off on almost anything. Right. Um, or anything yeah that that the fact that this that even you know bodily mutilation for example could be arousing normal people can't comprehend it right they cannot understand it because for them that wouldn't be something they would even consider um how do we get past that how do we get people to understand i struggle with this a lot because i feel like in one way to do it is by talking about it you know and then i'll try to show examples or things like this on, on social media or what have you, but there's almost an instant um, rejection, you know, people will yeah. not, they don't want to admit that this is true or if it is true, it's only true for these couple people over here, yeah. you know, that, that in reality, this is the vast majority. <laughs> I mean, if you look at social media, yeah. if you look at porn, if you look at, Reddit, I mean, Reddit, you know, just a, a flood in this stuff. So how, I guess there's not really a good answer to what I'm asking, but I mean, what, in your opinion, how would you get people to understand this trend? Well, I, I have no real answer. Like I have no real answer as well. My, my, my only thing is that I, we need more people to talk about porn. We need more t people to talk about porn. Like, mm -hmm. and especially, and, and pedophilia, which is like, and incest, which is kind of like these three topics, like, 
and rape, like in general, rape, like everything that is, we in the past 20 years, and I've lived it for fuck's sakes, man. There's all these new things, oh, social media, blah, blah, blah. There's all, all these new things that happen. No one questions anything. No one, no one's ever que questioned anything. Like whenever, we only have these, like I, I remember being a teenager and, uh, and Googling for porn because yes, I was also like, I mean, I, I was on the, on the, on the cusp of the, the whole dial up internet and then, and then 2007 happened. And like, I remember kids will seek this shit out. Like I see, I sought this out. Like I, do you think children are being groomed into gender identity by way of pornography? Because that's something I've oh, been thinking about as well. It's all connected. It's social media. It's the normalization of every single media that we are being inundated with without question, without, without, uh, uh, like, so I, I, I grew up um, considerably like even more stricter because I come, I come from like Steiner school, which is like, so, so very kind of, my, my upbringing is kind of holistic and without focus on technology and technical like well technical devices in general i'm very happy about that but these days i i get looked at like very questionable when i i say i don't think that children should have smartphones like i i don't i can't grasp this i can't grasp that that these things these devices aren't even older than like they are they're just 20 years old, not even. And, and we're so normalizing like any, any kind of anything, like anything. We're just saying, yeah, that's, that's how it is now. You can't be so backwards. When I advise my friends who are now like I'm 32. So I advise my friends with older children or whatever to be careful. They, and then I have to talk about pedophilia. Then I have to bring up all this porn stuff and say like, listen, listen, you don't you might not want to look at it you you might but do you not understand how far porn has come and we have i i will say it again i will say this again 20 years ago a performer in porn would get like over a thousand dollars or whatever like over it always like probably i'm really bad with numbers but like it was always a lot of money considerably right for 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 a whole uh like for a whole scene or even a film where she had to even act or whatever and there was no anal in it that was like in the that was before internet porn up until like maybe you know the early 2000s and then with the internet porn the 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 the, the levels and the genres like every year more and more and more and what you keep hearing is that oh this has always been here like that the same argument as as they bring with this fucking stupid trans shit that they say, ah, oh, it's just, it's just because no more people know about it now. And that's how, no, it's because there's millions of echo chambers and millions of like, you know, Reddit pages that are just focused on this shit on, on there's a Reddit that's called misogyny. Like, and there is literally, it's about like just shaming and like degrading women, like as a, as a hobby, like, Roxy, I've recently been yeah. looking at the uh, the Discord servers because um, there are so many that tar that target children now, and I noticed 
there is this trend in Discord service. Well, of course, there's porn in Discord service. That's just you know a fact. But the there's a thing called misogyny kink. So it's a it's a if you by the way, I just wanted to say this really quickly while I have you on. If you if you look at the so it's called Discord for people who don't know. That's the Discord server list. If you go there and you type in transgender, the first associated words that come up are BDSM, femboy, slave, lewds. Those are the recommended words that come up right away. So first of all, if you're a child wow. and you're searching, like, I want a community of people who are gender fluid or what have you, the first thing they're going to be shown or connected to is hard core porn servers. Okay. So that's how I found out about the um, misogyny kink. So yeah, as you were saying with the Reddit, that's, that's become like a a kink thing. And, you know, we're not supposed to kink shame. People don't, people don't know people, especially I find, you know, people over a certain kind of age that didn't grow up with the internet. They're just not aware of the extent. And, and then the other problem that we might be having as well is that people who are aware, who are fully aware and fully on board themselves, probably porn addicted, um, being the ones who are spreading this, like your, uh, like your photographer friend, for example. Yeah, the 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 level of like just ignorance is 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 baffling for me. I I, I mean, this is why I want to do what I'm what I want to do. So I want to do uh, I want to create like a educational website where for for parents as well as for children where where we talk about porn and like the uh, the the prevalence of it and 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 obviously all these connected things social media uh uh you know the beauty industry like everything you know the influencer uh thing you know is that now this whole lifestyle of like this whole only fans thing is like being sold to young people even more because we have these influences and we never question them. Like, I mean, we, you know, we know what they do. They get money from corporations to sell some shit that they don't, might not even know themselves. Like uh, they're just getting money. They're just making a job. So like, you know, they're living in this whole, everything is fake, but we never, and we know whenever porn came up, it always gets like, oh yeah, you know, it's just fantasy. We, you know, it's about the parents telling the children that it's like just made up. Like, no, we, it's not working, you know, it's not working. We know, uh, you know, I'm sure you've come across the studies as well, like where, how sexualized and how, how porn is prevalent in teenage relationships now and how it's really impossible to, to have like normal, like the first kiss, like I, I read somewhere that uh, usually the, the first oral sex is, is before they, they have their first kiss, like the girls usually, like they have to perform before they get uh, something like affection, which is just insane. And yeah, so so we have to just talk about it. And for, for me, just to have like another, so the prevalence of porn addiction as a thing, as a, as a thing, uh, which is then, and this is where I go back to the, to the, to the trans in the city thing, which is what I forgot to mention earlier, is that they fetishized porn addiction already, right? Which is gooning, gooning, like, yeah, goon like a dumb person. So sissy comes from that as well. So it comes from these men who 
usually think they actually have like some mental health issues and they fully commit to the what they even made a sexuality out of it and they call it pornosexual right someone who is like just wanking just masturbating as a lifestyle so porn 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 addiction basically um and and this is we've already reached this point like so there is men out there they're openly pornosexual they would never uh sleep with a normal woman because that's too much hassle they probably use maybe if they do they use uh, prostitutes of, of course as well but like yeah in general that's 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 the idea gooners goon porn goon captions this is all like kind of intertwined into into this whole sissy stuff as well just being dumbed down to being a being a slut for porn it's hard to find the words sometimes you know because it just feels like we're so fucked and then what once the VR porn really starts to go mainstream. I truly yeah. despair for that. Um, so yeah. I kind of see it like this, where porn is the instrument for dissociation, right? So if people kind of talk about the strands that connect pornography to the gender identity movement, yeah. there are many, many, I think, uh, like we talked about today, yeah. you know, the social media. Yeah you know, desensitization, you know, hard, hardcore fetishes, so on and so on. Um, but I think one that doesn't get talked about maybe perhaps enough is the desensitization or sorry, the dissociation, right? So the disconnect from the body that you can see is really obvious when you're, when you're just simply mm -hmm. perhaps not, not engaged, you know, you're, you're, you're watching something, right. Then your body dissociates or as well, there, sure. there tends to be this, or there is this emerging kind of condition that's being researched about penis dysmorphia, which is the kind of, as we talked about before the porn addiction, having the physiological effect and then the humiliation about, you know, size or what have you. Um, I think all of those things are connected and I find it, I, I I've said this several times, but I find it so baffling that we can have conversations about, for example, representation in media. So we should have, uh, I don't know, more movies about women or, you know, more African-American protagonists or whatever the case is. But when it comes to pornography, people aren't ready to have that conversation for some reason. They seem to think that it doesn't, impact us in any way why would pornography be the only type of media that doesn't impact us if anything it's probably the kind that impacts us the most i mean it's like a drug right so i don't know sorry that was it's not a question for you i just got i really don't understand how um well i do i do I, and i i will just say it's the lobbying it's the money and it's just companies just making sure that none of these um you know, none of these things pass that we've tried to to get through. Um, yeah, like I've, I am. Um, oh, we all watch porn, you know. Like this, the thing that we have, to, the the thing that I will, and I've had so many conversations now already. Like I'm currently in Berlin. They're very woke as well. Like Berlin's the first city in Germany that's like just allowed without even asking anyone to 
to to before, uh, which allowed um, males to be housed in female prisons without it being even uh, just anywhere, like just without it even being a law or something. It's just like whoa. And uh, there's a lot of pornographies here as well, and all this kind of stuff. And I've had I've had a couple of those conversations already with with women with women about porn and how it's really difficult to get to get them to understand what porn is. I've said it before, you know, once you were paid over a thousand and you didn't have to perform anal, now you get paid 400 and we have a thing called, I'll just say it, Google it yourself, it's called TAP, triple anal penetration. We are now, like this is only 20 years by the way, for the for this triple anal penetration, which is a, which is a, something that gets produced a lot of, in Europe and in in in, uh, in Prague, to be clear, this is such a gruesome, like horrible thing that these and now I get to speak about the male performance for the first time and like a kind of like, I'm sorry for you guys, they get usually paid less, right? Yet they have to. On the on the record for this company that produces these hardcore, again, triple anal penetration videos, they have to inject their penises with a uh, an, an off label label used medication for uh, for for hard usually for the blood cells to expand whatever it does it works as a as a local kind of hard maker. Uh, um, they have to use that because it's obviously very weird to be very close to other men as well. Like it's very, it's just fucked. It literally, and I've spoken to these people, to these men, and they've done this business for maybe like longer than the, the before the internet pornography came. And they've told me how they have now to, they are dependent on these, these drugs, on these, on these things, because otherwise they couldn't live of it. I mean, they could just do a normal job but like obviously whatever but like yeah so 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 now it's gone so crazy that men have to inject their penises with some stuff that keeps it hard because otherwise they can't even perform these things anymore because i mean men are also just humans they they don't you know they are just humans right <laughs> they don't just work whenever they are supposed to work um, yeah, and so this is the kind of like level of the pravity. Like, it's not just anal porn. That's just what I want to say. Like, people, please understand. It's not just one boy, one girl, as we say in in porn uh, terms. Um, it's way, way beyond that. It's way beyond that. And if it's only one boy and one girl, it will be extremely abusive extremely horrible extremely violent it, it, there is no such thing as like normal porn anymore there is not there's never been a thing in the last 20 years i guess yeah so that's really important to understand uh i think there's that the idea that being a woman is plastic surgery which is gender identity which is coming from the porn uh, the plastic surgery and yep. the porn. And then also yeah. concurrently, the idea that being a woman means being penetrated, which is again, coming from the porn, being abused, yeah. masochistic. I kind of see the gender identity thing as just the 
literal embodiment of sadomasochism yeah. with with men being if you're a sadist you're a man if you're a masochist you're a woman and it's like a very freudian dystopian nightmare <laughs> but um how 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 can yeah. support your um sorry the uh are they videos workshops first thing would be on my twitter i have a small twitter which is where which I build up from scratch and which is only with um like the whole uh, follower base will be just um already on the case and then I have my really big sex work account where there's just a lot still a, a lot of perverts and weirdos on there this is why I don't really I want to be just clear about that that if you are a, a, a female wanting to follow me I'm not sure if there's any weirdos at any point, like being weirdos. That's not happened since I've stopped actually and being really, really um, open about it. They, they're just getting less and less, but that just has to be said. So my Twitter is Dworkin's Truth. Um, that's my sex work account where I try to be a bit more focused on the on on that topic as well. And then the other one is Rote Zora Radical, which is you can find it if you have the other account. And yeah, I will um, be having some a podcast rolling out with video as well um, on on YouTube. And I hope in this first quarter of the year, like you know, it just take some time to put it all out. That's great. Yeah, really great. I'm looking forward to it. I wanna I wanna hear more about what you have to say, and maybe we could have a conversation about this again in the future because there's just so much it's never ending is it I would would really like to um there's so many topics that I would like to cover as well which um I will say I I might have a bit bit of like understanding for some of these men as well like you know to live in this weird world where they've never learned to be in touch with their emotions like you know and where we don't focus on mental health at all like you know on 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 the body mind connection like this is where i what i'm advocating for is 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 more of an understanding that we are all one like we like you your thoughts everything that you are is you and there's nothing wrong about you at all like and and uh, the subconscious actually just gives you like, and even life gives you like lessons to learn uh, and to be stronger in yourself, but not by changing your something about it or and not by um, replaying some trauma, which is what what has been told to a lot of people. What BDSM is good for and stuff like you know regression and shit like that. It's not true. Like being true to yourself is actually you know understanding yourself and understanding what your what your patterns are what your patterns of what your attachment style is like how you deal with people um uh yeah and and there's nothing to uh, to be understood um in in any of this shit like in any of this like you not not through well, the, the only thing that you understand through is through this experience and and realizing that this is just an experience like and whatever you're attempting to 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 change is like it'll bite you in the back like it'll it'll bite you in the arse like if if you haven't 
fully understood yourself. That's it. Um, well, thank you so much for sharing your story and for having the courage to talk about this. You know, it's not, I know it can't be easy and I know sometimes it's difficult for people to hear, but I think it's really important. So thank you. No worries. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it just gives me hope. Um, that well, in the end, and this is maybe a good uh, last word is that, um, as I just said, like life gives you challenges. And I think in the end, I'm, I'm kind of proud that I got through this. I got through all these really horrible experiences to be able to, 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 to say something now and to open people's eyes to both the trans, but also the, the porn industry and all these um, issues that we are dealing with and that we haven't spoken about um, enough. So, yeah, I think everything in life kind of like has, has a, has a direct kind of result and response and you have to just decide which, which path you're going. If you're just willing to look away or if you're willing to face the demons and the, the horrors and yes it's i think that's one thing is that that's people don't want to talk about these horrible things they don't want to know because it's easier to just pretend they're not there but they are there like they are there we're actually going through this most misogynistic phase of our time now that is directly related to us not looking like not looking at all, just pretending everything is fine. Thanks again for tuning in. Roxy can be found on Twitter at Dworkin's Truth, and myself, I'm at Women Read Women.